I've never been able to relate to plumb lines. Um, throughout the Bible, God uses the picture of a plumb line as a measuring device to make sure that we can see the standard of righteousness and what we ought to do. But as somebody who's not very um, mechanically inclined, plumb line has never been able to really resonate with me. So let me tell you about a picture that does. And it's a point of pride in my life. Um, I still own the tuxedo that I wore as a senior in college. And I have it in my closet. And I, about once a year, have to take it out for something. But my point of making sure that I haven't gone too far from the standard of where I need to be from a health perspective and from a weight perspective is can I fit into that tuxedo? Now, there are many years where about two weeks before the event, I'll put it on and there's no way that I can even get the pants closed. Um, but then there are some times where I know that if I can just exercise and I can eat right, I can get my weight down to a point where I can get into that tuxedo. So I use that tuxedo as my plumb line. I use it as my standard to make sure that I'm exercising enough, that I'm eating right and keeping myself in check. Now, what does this have to do with the Prince of Peace? So one of the great things that we get to do is we start to look at Jesus as the source of our peace, is to look at the standard that he gives us as a way to think about how we weather those storms around us. And if you remember from our last time together, the storms can come from all over. They can be financial, they can be with relationships, they can be with things that we're dealing with at work, but we can anchor on to Jesus as the source of our Prince of Peace. And what we're gonna look at this week is that standard, that plumb line, that tuxedo that we can keep going back to, to make sure that we have a pattern for looking at him in a way that allows us to be able to really rest in the promise that he gives us. And so to do that, we're going to go to the book of John, and we're in John 14 this week, um, where Jesus has been at the Last Supper. He has been talking to the disciples, and um, as he does that, he starts to say in verse 23, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. So one of the first things that we do as we start to cling to Jesus as our Prince of Peace is to recognize this principle that we need to listen and obey to the words that he gives us. You know, it's interesting as we think about some of the things that we can draw out of those verses together, the, the two things that are clear to me is that as we have the opportunity to show our love to Jesus, right, one of the clearest ways that we do that is through our obedience to him. So that when we hear his promises, when we read his word, when we get the counsel from wise, godly people, when we go to him in prayer, we have an obligation to listen to what he's telling us and then obey because it's a sign of our love back to him. Again, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. And we do that with the promise that the teaching that we get from Jesus in the word is not just teaching that he came up with on his own, but it's a direct word from the Father. Look here again in verse 24. It says, these words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. 
You know, one of the things that I've been thinking about in the midst of all of the things that are going on in foreign affairs right now is we have a lot of ambassadors around the world who are going off to foreign countries and they're bringing the word of the president. You know, this is the position we have on this. This is our expectation. And I was thinking to myself about how the power of the ambassador is obviously so strong that he or she conveys the actual words or the actual sentiment of the president. But think about how much different it is if, for example, the child of a president, right, the prince of a king comes and gives a sense of what the father is saying. And so what's interesting to me is when we look at the words of Jesus, as we look at the principles for how we find him to be the source of our peace, it's not just his words. It's the words of the father, the father who over and over again promises us his security, who promises us his love for us, who promises us that he will never leave us or forsake us. Those are the words of God that Jesus speaks. And so it's incumbent on us to perk up and to listen to them. It's not just to read over them or gloss over these promises. It's just words on a page. We have a calling. We have a purpose in life that is tied to our ability to listen to those words and to put them into practice. So as we think about Jesus as a source of our peace, as the prince of our peace, the first thing that we constantly have to do is to listen to what he tells us in his word, but not just listen to it, but to obey it, to put it into practice so that we can show our love for the Father and we can show our confidence that the words he gives us are from the Father. So listen and obey. The second principle that we see comes out of the next verses. In verse 25, it says, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. We're not just tasked to listen and apply, but what we're given in the gift of the Holy Spirit is the Prince of Peace gives us the Holy Spirit so that we can take those words, we can take those promises, and learn from them. And this word learn to me just gives a real sense of something deeper than just kind of hearing it on the surface. It's chewing over the word, applying it, learning from it, studying it, really allowing it, it to sink deeply into our lives. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to do that when we lean on him to be able to take that word and really ask, what are all of the areas of my life where this principle or this scripture can permeate? You know, as I think about um, God's word, I read it with an expectation that God is giving that to me in a way that I can apply it to the everyday, ordinary things that I'm dealing with in my life. So as I'm making decisions about finances, as I'm making decisions about what to do as a family, as I think about the relationships in my life, the principles that God gives us are applicable for us to say, how do we have a lens to be able to think about those decisions that are from us? That's how we learn from the word and we apply it. But what's also interesting is we don't just learn and apply it in the situation that we're in while we're reading it at that time. But what I love about this teaching is that if we look um, at the rest of verse 26, it says, that um, I will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And as I think about that, it's not just about learning. It's about remembering what God teaches us. And so when we're in the storm, we not, might not be in, in that particular promise and that particular verse and that particular chapter at that time. 
But God is storing up a repository of promises in our lives that we can go back to, that we can claim. Those verses, those principles, those interactions that can remind us of how he's taken care of us in the past and how he'll take care of us in the future. And you know, what's interesting is if we think back to our study last week when we were looking at 2 Samuel 24, one of the things that I just kept thinking about is after David had sinned, after he had leaned on his own confidence, after he had not leaned on the good counsel that he had been given, and when he acted and went ahead and took the census, remember that it says that he was conscience stricken, that God caused him to have that guilt. You know, I believe that God will impress upon us his promises, but he will also stoke our conscience in a way that helps us remember the principles in our lives that we can use when we're in those actual storms. So I have to ask you, are you making yourself available to take the learnings that you are getting from this study, from what we hear Sunday after Sunday uh, of teaching in church, from the council and the good conversation that you have as a group? And are you actually using them to learn, to do things differently, to apply them to the situations that you're in? And then are you storing up that repository of promises so that you can remember? You know, are you spending time really reflecting back on scriptures that you've been able to memorize? Are you creating a culture around your family and even with each other in this group? Do you use scripture as a way to think about principles? Not just um, a lesson that you've learned or something that comes to mind um, in the day-to-day, but you're actually using God's word to be that source, that repository of things that you can remember when you find yourself in the storm. Because Jesus, through his teaching, gives us so many of those promises. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. We're going to look at that in just a bit. But promise after promise after promise that we can use in our lives as a way to be able to focus on him as the Prince of Peace in our lives. So standard one, listen and obey. Standard two, learn and remember. Standard three, let the peace of Christ take over you. Look at verse 27 with me. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You know what I really appreciate about this verse is if we look at the first half of it, right? It's peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, right? Jesus is the one who is giving us the peace. Again, it's not our own action. It's not us going out and finding peace. It's not going to take a vacation or figuring out a way to get some uh, quiet time off on our own. It's not just sitting there figuring out how we build financial cushion or how we deal with um, a particular relationship. Anything we do, I give. I give. Jesus is the one who gives us the peace. And so we have to lean on him to let the peace of Christ kind of Uh, set over us because he is the one who actually delivers the peace. And what I appreciate is he kind of underscores this with the next part of the verse, because after he says, I'm the one who gives, I'm the one who delivers. He says at the back end of that verse, something that we should not do. It's not, he's telling us to do something. He's telling us something we shouldn't do. It says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. It's the absence of action here that God, I think, also teaches us that he's the one who's in control, that Jesus is in the one who's in control of our storms. Because it says, don't let your hearts be troubled, right? It doesn't say, go out and find ways to deal with the trouble in your heart. 
Go out and find ways to um, focus on your anxiety and be able to overcome it. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Just sit back. Don't do it. Let me give you the peace. Don't be afraid. Don't go out there and find your own security, build the systems around you, build the infrastructure that allows you to deal with the storms. Just don't be afraid. And when we're not afraid, he's then able to come in and he's able to give us that peace. He's the one who can give us a peace that the world doesn't give. He's the one that can provide for our needs. And that is really hard for me. Because as I think about all the things that I want to do, not only to make sure that I have peace in my own lives, but that I'm making sure that that peace extends to my kids, to my wife, to the people I work with, I am so prone to be the one that says, let me give you peace. Let me give you security. Let me find the way so you don't have to be afraid. But I think the principle that we take here, the standard that we're given, is that if we really are clinging to the Prince of Peace, if we really trust in him, there comes a point where we have to let our anxiety just go. Over the last um, couple of weeks, there have been just periods of my life where I've woken up in the morning and I've just felt anxiety. Um, it may be over the meetings that I've got scheduled for the day. My dad passed away about a month ago and there was a lot of anxiety about what we were going to do to kind of make sure that my mom was taken care of and that our, our family would remain strong. And I would just wake up with this overwhelming and sense of anxiety and everything um, that was kind of shaping my day. And my tendency was to sit there and start making lists. So here are the things that I need to do to overcome the anxiety. But as I reflected on this verse, what I realized was the real ability for me to be able to get over that storm of anxiety was just being willing to say, Lord, I'm just going to let you wash over me. I'm going to let you come in and provide peace that the world can't give. I'm just going to sit back and not let my heart be troubled. I'm just going to sit back and not be afraid. And that is hard for type A personalities because I want to do everything I can to make sure I don't have a reason to be afraid. But there is an incredible peace. There is such a rest that comes with just saying to God, hey, I'm going to let you invade my anxiety. I'm going to let you invade the things that are in my life and take over. So over the next couple of weeks together, we are going to look at some very specific examples where the people around Jesus needed peace for a lot of different reasons. But as we do that, I think we're going to see a common set of principles that Jesus uses to be able to show them how he is the Prince of Peace. And as he does that, he gives us, I believe, a standard, a plumb line, a tuxedo to use to make sure that we are not just kind of looking at these stories as interesting accounts that we can talk about at Sunday school or that we can share with others or that we can remember as kind of good principles, but that we take these stories and that we listen to them, that we obey the principles, that we learn, that we deeply go into what he's teaching us and that we let it invade every aspect of our lives, that we use them to remember his providence, that we use them to remember the ways that he connects what we see in the New Testament with what's going on in our own lives. And finally, as a way that we allow him to be our peace. Not that we are setting ourselves up to be able to find that peace, but that we trust him to truly be the Prince of Peace in our lives. So, I asked you last week, what's the storm you're facing? 
What's been happening since the last time we were together? Have you begun to think about the way that Jesus can invade that storm and how he can use it as a way not only to draw you closer to him in this storm, but that it can become the foundation for how you're able to operate, how you're able to live more fully, how you're able to see his work in your life in the storms that are still to come. Let's pray. Lord, we just love you and we thank you for the ways that um, we see Jesus as the ultimate standard, the ultimate source of the lessons that we can use in our lives, the ultimate source of what we need to do as we live abundant and full lives with you. I'm so grateful for the accounts that we get in the Gospels of Jesus's life and the very words of Jesus that are given to us in the Bible that we can use and impress upon our hearts. So God, let those words just invade us. Let them overflow in our lives this week as we look for ways to find our peace in you. We are grateful, God, that you gave us Jesus as the Prince of Peace in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that we would cling to him as we deal with all of the issues that are swirling around us And as we look to him as the source, not only of our temporary peace while we're here on earth, but the great gift that you gave us for an eternal peace that we have through our salvation that he provided on the cross. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.